0: Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs. OSI has targeted fraud offenses since its inception as a federal law enforcement agency nearly 75 years ago, and today that mission continues as part of the OSI Center's Law Enforcement Division. And joining me to discuss the fraud mission is Special Agent Jacob Tudor, Deputy Associate Director, Fraud and Corruption Branch, and Ms. Kathy Lachey, Lead Intelligence Analyst in the Fraud and Corruption Branch. Folks, welcome aboard. Great to have you both with us.
1: Thank you, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne.
0: Jacob, I'd like to start with you, if I may. Uh, for the benefit of our listeners not familiar with uh, OSI uh, as a command, um, could you kind of briefly bring them and uh, everyone else, including myself, up to speed as to how detecting fraud and corruption first came about from uh, for the command from an historical perspective?
2: Well, first off, thanks for having us on, Wayne. It's actually a pretty interesting uh, story. <clears throat> That fraud was, was instrumental to the creation of OSI. During World War II, Major General Bennett Myers, a member of the U.S. Army Air Force's, steered wartime contracts to a commercial business that he was actually a shadow owner of. Mm-hmm. The general's conduct was found to be illegal, and he was convicted of a felony.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So, of course, the aerospace industry was growing very fast during World War II. In part, as a result of General Myers' action, the decision was made to create an unbiased, impartial investigative agency. Uh, and so OSI was created uh, in 1948, just a year uh, less than or after the, the uh, OSI, or I'm sorry, the Department of the Air Force was created.
0: Right, right. Now, uh, uh, so uh, continuing with that historical uh, uh, bent then, Jacob, uh, uh, those first 75 years, or I guess up until now, uh, fraud and uh, corruption has been a, a staple as far as uh, uh, the, uh, the OSI uh, targeting uh, you know, bad guys, if you will.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The OSI fraud and corruption branch is part of the law enforcement division. At the OSI Center. Our overall mandate is to detect and detour economic crimes impacting the Department of the Air Force today, mm-hmm. uh, which of course now includes the US Space Force. Sure. The fraud, the fraud and corruption branch is focused on assisting the OSI field by providing expert advice and guidance to help agents investigate fraud. Uh, we obtain this information mostly by networking with federal and state agencies as well as the commercial sector define current fraud schemes vulnerabilities and, and also best practices mm-hmm. we, we take this information uh, and distribute that to the field and uh, you know which enables our OSI agents across the globe so they can uh, better detect and investigate fraud at their respective bases you know I for example for yeah. example the fraud and corruption branch played a major role in synchronizing the investigative efforts of military housing fraud that's been uh, plaguing the DOD over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And and most recently, we're doing the same to help combat COVID relief fraud within the Department of the Air Force. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we understand fraud is complex and we aim to alleviate any apprehension or confusion the agents have when investigating fraud matters.
0: From what you just said, Jacob, it sounds like uh, uh, the the folks uh, you know under under your auspices that uh, go out and uh, detect fraud and, and wherever that may be. Uh, it's kind of an evolving uh, situation, uh, as you mentioned uh, with COVID uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, with Space Force coming on board uh, under the uh, Department of the Air Force. It seems like. Uh, your mission has uh, uh, a big challenge as far as adapting and overcoming to uh, certain uh, environmental situations.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. We adjust fire as needed. It's interesting that the schemes, are, are they stay pretty constant and similar. Of course, technologies change, and uh, we adjust to
0: that. Mm-hmm. I see. Now, uh, due to the multiple areas of responsibility within your law enforcement division, how specifically is the fraud and corruption branch structured? Is it uh, uh, a very uh, complicated type of a structure? Or is it uh, 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 more, uh, you know, kind of a, a logical uh, way that it's uh, formulated? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that
2: it's a functional structure that we have. And, and since I've been in the seat, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with the work that our experts do. We have four action officers whose primary responsibility is fielding fraud tips and other types of complaints from various sources. Mm-hmm. They assess the information, refer it out to the appropriate OSI office for their action. And those, AO, those action officers are also critical to uh, report uh, important information up to the senior leaders of OSI for their evaluation and decision making so we also have the OSI fraud investigations operations consultant mm-hmm. uh, or, or fraud IOC or IOC right. who is essentially our boots on the ground expert to assist the field directly so if a detachments looking for assistance uh, you know, direct assistance at their base. He'll he'll travel out to them and assist them in any way that he can. Uh-huh. And he walks those agents through the best routes to go in their cases, and assisting the agents to find the needed resources.
0: I see. It sounds like it's a, a total team effort uh, in that regard. Is that a pretty fair assessment?
2: Oh, absolutely. We have a couple other elements that, that are really important to highlight. Uh, one of the uh, another agent we have on the team is is uh, vital to helping the field protect the Department of Air Force and the supply chain by tracking potentially counterfeit and fraudulent parts. Uh-huh. The, this agent is also responsible to monitor financial transactions that are indicative of fraud, as well as handling multi-agency de, uh, case deconflection. So agents aren't inadvertently investigating the same matters. And then finally, we have a team of five fraud intelligence analysts led by Ms. Kathy Lachey with us here today. Uh, and she she's available to discuss the analytical role.
0: Right. Okay. Very good. Well, thanks a lot for that, uh, Jacob. Uh, nice little education there. Uh, Kathy, uh, we're going to segue to you now and switching gears to your particular area of expertise. Uh, what is the role intelligence analysts like yourself uh, play when supporting field agents during, a, let's say, a fraud investigation?
1: Sure. Well, you know, our goal as analysts is really to assist in investigations using, you know, a vast array of tool that tools that the field may not have access to. Uh, the work of the analysts help to understand and break down complexities in an investigation, also to identify patterns, trends, even identify things that we don't know. And you know, what we try to do is help paint a picture or tell a story with our products.
0: I see. Um, and uh, I would imagine uh, there's there's constant contact between uh, the intelligence analysts uh, who I believe are, are not special agents. Is that correct? Uh, you're yes. uh, you're uh, your, your, your own uh, grouping of folks as opposed to the uh, SAs out in the field. But uh, it seems like uh, over the years, that's been, been a very, uh, very good marriage, if you will, of those uh, those two particular skill sets.
1: Absolutely, you know the the 132 program just continues to evolve and uh, and grow within OSI, and I'm really pleased to to be a part of that.
0: Now, when you say the 132 program again for our novice listeners, uh, is that kind of a designation for uh, oh, intel- yes, intelligence yes, okay, analysts yes. within the command? Yes, okay. that is our <laughs> yes, our, thank you,
1: our intelligence <laughs> analyst specialist code. Yes,
0: no problem. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a military organization without some kind of <laughs> acronym or number or something like that. So right,
1: absolutely. Now,
0: now uh, uh, try to stay with uh, layman's terms. Now, Kathy, uh, what types of support do fraud analysts? provide as far as uh, specifics, you know, without divulging any uh, uh, tips of the trade, uh, what are some of the the, the generic things that uh, you work very closely with the uh, special agents in the field with?
1: Sure. Well, you know, basically it's tactical and strategic support assistance that we provide. Tactical might be anything from company profiles. We might look at uh, investigative packages, which uh, essentially are workups, maybe on a subject of interest. Uh, We do a lot of visualization requests to produce maybe link charts, timelines, uh, financial analysis also, which covers a breakdown of accounts, transactions, even a pattern of life analysis. Mm-hmm. strategically, you know, we do a lot of specialized reporting, whether that be on a topic of interest or a particular fraud scheme or trend. And now, as we are continuing to grow our team, we're able to do a lot of proactive work. Proactively, you know, we're providing regular team newsletters, information right. topics on a topic of interest. And we actually we now are able to publish that something regularly the first of every month um, on our team's uh, SharePoint site.
0: I see. So, so I would imagine that uh, uh, internal communications with the field is uh, uh, an integral part of uh, the success story between agents uh, and the analysts.
1: Absolutely, a lot of what we produce is coming from agents requesting that those types of topics be be written re- up on or um, visualized in some capacity.
0: I see. Now, uh, Kathy, understanding that every case under investigation is different, uh, uh, why is it important that special agents request assistance from analysts, from your perspective?
1: Wayne, I'm really glad that you asked that. Uh, Requesting analytical support really helps that case agent see things from a different lens you know, the, the products and the tools and analysts can use helps paint that picture of the complexity of the fraud scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, an, an agent might be able to look at one of our products and identify new investigative leads to pursue, or they might look at inf- information gaps, which are still needing to be collected in the case. Uh, the importance of having an analyst early on in the case will help establish that rapport and credibility early on. You know, we can also help drive that investigation from an analytical standpoint, maybe instead of coming in at, at a tail end of a case to provide mm-hmm. that support.
0: I see. Is it, uh, I, to be really simplistic as far as myself as, as a layman uh, concerning uh, uh, the job that you do, uh, is it kind of like uh, analysts would peel back layers of that onion a little bit to, to dive, uh, do kind of a deep dive or get into the weeds a little bit more uh, for the agents Absolutely. in the field?
1: Yes, you know, and that's why it's so important to have that hand, you know, that that credibility and that rapport with that agent early on in the investigation so that we can um, peel back those layers.
0: I see. Now, Kathy, without uh, compromising any investigative details, uh, what types of cases uh, are being worked on right now?
1: Sure. Uh, Our team is assisting on several COVID-19 related fraud cases. So Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of financial analysis, link analysis to not only visualize the financial accounts in question, but also to, um, from our timelines, determine when the criminal activity began.
0: I see. Uh, And I would imagine uh, this is uh, pretty much an ongoing process. I mean, uh, uh, it seems like uh, there's never... uh, a lack of fraud within the world, and so uh, it's almost like having, uh, you know, like a barber—no, no lack of heads to, to cut the hair on. I mean, there's there's so many uh, fraud cases out there. I guess that uh, uh, it's certainly keeping uh, you folks gamefully employed, no doubt about that.
1: Oh, absolutely, Jacob and I were just talking about that yesterday about following the money in all of our cases. So. Uh-huh.
0: I see. Uh, kind of an offshoot question to that, Kathy. Um, uh, do you work very closely with? Uh, uh, civilian law enforcement organizations uh, when it comes to fraud, Um, because uh, I would imagine that, uh, you know, fraud obviously uh, isn't, uh, you know, relegated to um, stuff happening within the military itself.
1: Absolutely, definitely. Our local law enforcement, federal law enforcement, and even our private sector are are crucial to to helping us work on all of our investigations. Uh, We have a very diverse background of analysts on our our team and where they've come from and myself, uh, where I've been. So it it just helps to um, to have that diversity and continue to collaborate with all of our partners.
0: I see, very well said. Now, Jacob, I'd like to uh, switch back to you if I may. I understand that there's a forward thinking initiative called the Fraud Focus Plan. What exactly is the FFP and uh, the intent uh, of this particular effort?
2: Yeah, you know, Wayne, thanks so much for asking me about that. You know, we talked earlier about the fraud cases that played a major part of the decision to create OSI, and you know, as I mentioned, since then the fraud schemes are still similar in nature, mm-hmm. but the technology has certainly changed. Well, we're doing our best that that we can to leverage that technology and enable the field. Our team uses this growth in technology to produce what we call the fraud Focus Plan, mm-hmm. FFP for short. Right. Uh, it's a, it is a document that provides a deep-dive assessment of the fraud environment at a particular military installation by providing fraud awareness, indicators, and resources. Mm-hmm. The, we, we gather this information from public sources off the web and Department of Defense investigative activities. Uh, And the overall goal of this product is to provide information to assist fraud detection and increase the fraud awareness and the continuity of the fraud mission at local OSI detachments because agents come in and out and uh, and transfer at times. So this, this document kind of helps maintain that continuity. I see.
0: Now, uh, I think you brought a very important point up uh, as far as uh, a, the FFP or fraud-focused plan. Is it tailored specifically to uh, each detachment in the field, or is there kind of like a one-size-fits-all for the command?
2: Right. Yeah, that's the fascinating part of this is, you know, what i found over the years is so much of the information now can be found online concerning what's going on a particular basis. So we tailor that. In you know, with Kathy's office and, and analytical support to, to focus in exactly what's going on at that base, what the major projects are, what the major contracts are, right. and, and look at that in a systematic way uh, to help the investigators um, take away and uh, some of the apprehension with maybe having to take the time to get to know everyone, but already having an idea of the major players before uh, just as soon as they get on the ground there and start uh, investigating at that at that base.
0: I see. Now, um, uh, I would assume that uh, uh, you mentioned that you've been in the seat now. Well, uh, for how long, uh, Jacob?
2: So I've been in the seat
0: here at the Fraud and Corruption Branch just for one year now, uh-huh. uh, but but several years of fraud experience. I see. So so again, you must have uh, seen. Many fraud cases, obviously. And uh, has your perspective changed at all uh, uh, from being out in the field to uh, uh, the current seat that you have now uh, in the uh, OSI center?
2: So real quick, I'll talk about the fraud focus plan. At my time on the field, you know, when I get to a base, essentially, I would do what the fraud focus plan is looking at. Right. So if we could do that from the fraud and corruption branch for all detachments and, and kind of just take that process and mimic uh, what I would do at each location that I went to, uh, it, it was a really good initiative and direction. And I think that's what we're aiming to do is kind of give them that that overall awareness right right off the bat.
0: I see. Okay, very well said. Now, uh, folks, before we wrap it up here, uh, is there anything else that either of you would like to add? Because this is obviously a very fascinating subject uh, and a very important subject that uh, uh, has been a staple of uh, the, uh, the, the folks at OSI for all these many decades.
2: Yeah, I would just like to say it's, it's really been a pleasure uh, being able to join you and talk about our fraud mission. Uh, the team is very passionate about what they do, uh, it's, it's interesting in fraud because we often know uh, who may have committed a crime, mm-hmm. but we have to figure out how they did it and how they went about doing it. Whereas right. criminal cases, traditional criminal cases, they, they are more focused on finding out who committed the crime. So uh-huh. we really can't do that. I mean, we, we have w- ways of finding that out, but it's most helpful when people report uh, fraud matters to us and and we'd like to encourage people to uh, report suspected fraud to us by going to the OSI webpage right. at www.osi.af.mil uh, and there's an OSI tip line link at the bottom of the page where they can yep. report matters of uh, fraud that they may be that may they think may be occurring
0: yeah, and obviously, uh, uh, the more input you have, uh, the better equipped that uh, you folks are to uh, uh, do your thing as well. Uh, Kathy, is there something you'd like to add before we wrap it up?
1: Uh, you know, Jacob actually said everything that I <laughs> that I wanted to <laughs> say. So now he, I couldn't have said it better. Jacob did a great job.
0: Okay, well, very good to both of you. Our guests have been Special Agent Jacob Tudor. Deputy Associate Director, Fraud and Corruption Branch in the OSI Center, and Ms. Kathy Lachey, Lead Intelligence Analyst, Fraud and Corruption Branch in the OSI Center. Folks, thank you both again for taking the time to join us. It's always great to talk to you both.
1: Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And thank all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.